Good morning. So thankful for you being here today. Uh, we are, it's, it's awesome Christmas sweater Sunday. I am wearing mine, you just can't see it, but the other services will get the opportunity to see, uh, see me in all my glory um, as we uh, celebrate Christmas together here at Bethany. Uh, so thankful for all of you, and, and, and as we kind of approach the Christmas season, we've been doing this series uh, called Honest Christmas, and it's been an opportunity for us to look at the different stories and prophecies about the coming of Christ and and just reflect honestly about what it means for us as God's people and, and what is God really uh, trying to communicate. And this morning, we're, we're looking at the prophecy of, of Christ's coming and, and coming in a way that is unexpected. And when I think about the incarnation, that is God coming into this world as man, as Christ, it's really about becoming seen. God is becoming seen for the first time through his son, Jesus. And if you think about Mary from the moment that she received news that she was going to be with child, the Virgin Mary, with the son of God, um, her life shifted and, and it became for her about becoming seen in a different way, being seen in a new light. And of course, just the act of having a child uh, is, is a slow, gradual process, right, of that child being seen. Um, you know, I think back to when we started having children. This is weird to think about in terms of, of Mary, but like, you know, as you get pregnant, you get larger, right? And you start to anticipate the baby coming, and you can kind of see the changes happening um, but then uh, there's this little thing called morning sickness, right? And um, I'm, I thank God that I am not a woman <laughs> when it comes to childbirth and pregnancy because it can be a rough go for some women, right? And that's, that's a position that women don't want to be seen in, that, that process of becoming a mother as they're in the bathroom sick. And so I'm, I'm picturing Mary pregnant with the Son of God and having morning sickness, and getting bloated, and being cranky. And these are images that you don't typically have of Mary, but uh, you know, Jesus became man. This wasn't some sort of, sort of, he didn't just like get delivered by the stork. He was delivered by Mary. And it was normal. Everything leading up to that moment was not miraculous. What was miraculous is that it was the Son of God. And so Mary was seen in a different way, and Jesus is starting to show up through Mary as she gets closer and closer to the birthday. But everything that really Christmas calls us into, and what God is really pointing to, is this, this idea of being seen. And it, it's hard to be seen sometimes. You know, humans, we're the, we're the only creature in all of creation that can pretend to be something other than what we are. Like we, we can consciously think to behave differently, to act differently, to wear a mask and present ourselves differently um, than anything else in all of creation. And we do this, we, we pretend to be something other than what we are because to be known is a risk to become who we are puts us in a vulnerable position. 
Now, some people really would rather God just tell them what to do than to actually become known by God. Right? It would be easier to show up. This is why discipleship, well, we talk a lot about discipleship at churches. This is why it's so hard. Because it would be easier if you showed up and we said, here are the ten things that you must do to be a disciple of Christ and to be faithful and to look more like Jesus. And you just need to do these ten things. And it would be so much cleaner and easier and nicer because it would be so much easier just to be told what to do than to be seen for who you are. We can pretend to be followers of Christ because I can do those ten things. But to be seen puts you at risk. To be seen by God is a little bit scary. To be seen by others creates fear. It creates a sort of anxious spirituality where, where we sort of the sum of, of all of our experiences becomes about all the things that we have to do. And then if we don't do those things, what do we do to keep our, our membership with God in good standing? We, we come and we confess our sins and we be forgiven and then guess what happens? Like if you're like me, how far do you get out these doors before you probably need to turn around and come back in? Right? And for a lot of us, this is what discipleship is. It's trying to hit these marks, constantly failing, coming to confess our sins, and then immediately being back in that same position again. And in a way, and especially the way we do it, even, even that act is a little self-protective because it kind of avoids, in a way, really looking hard at ourselves. We sort of do the generic communal confession and absolution, and we get on about our day thinking about the things that we need to do to look right. And the reason why this creates an anxious spirituality is because if you sort of view yourself this way, if you understand your faith this way, like here are the things that I must do to be good, to be a member of the club, and if I can't do them, I just need to come and confess my sins, and then I can still be in good standing. If that's the sum of your faith, then it creates anxiety because then when are you ever totally sure? Like have you done enough of those things on that list, that very long list? And if you haven't, have you really, truly confessed and really come to terms with God and said, you know, make this right? Have you really done that? It sort of creates this mind game. You see, the act of being seen is actually taking a real hard look at who you are and in some ways owning it. It's not being proud of the brokenness, it's just being real about the brokenness. This is why discipleship is hard, because for every single person in this room, actually it's, it's, it's different. Like we can't put together a 101, 201, 301 course, and if you complete all the classes, you finally arrive. It's not how discipleship works. It's something deeper. It's, it's about becoming what Christ is calling you into. Being incarnate with him. 
You know, spiritually, spirituality sort of lived out in our life is actually about knowing what love is. And it's different when we know what love is. Because to, to be seen, to appear as you are, as God created you, to not pretend means that you can actually be hugged, for example. You can actually be loved. Like, I can't love a version of you because you're going to still feel lonely. But if I actually know you and still love you, you'll feel love. But if you're faking it and pretending and all these things, then, then you, you don't have access to that. But the, the crazy thing is, is if you are real about who you are and, and how God created you and, and you're honest about some of your challenges and difficulties in terms of your faith and your faithfulness, then that opens you up to experience real love. But guess what else it opens you up to? It, it opens you up to pain, right? To being hurt. To being rejected. And so the, the path to faithfulness starts with being you. Honestly, you. You see this story kind of play out in the, in the gospel reading with the woman at the well. She shows up to Jesus and she's wearing a little bit of a mask. She's, she's holding back a little bit because Jesus is talking to her about going to get water and, and uh, she kind of casually mentions a husband and he's like, well, you know, it's not just one husband, right? There's more. Oh, yes, you're right, Jesus, <laughs> because Jesus can see her as she is. But this truth that's sort of confirmed in that moment actually opens her up to that invitation that Jesus gives to her to this, this spring of life, this fullness. She's not pretending anymore because she's seen. But this rhythm is, is modeled by Jesus. This is, this is why we're called into the two. You know, God comes to be seen as Jesus, and it's really unexpected. And the Isaiah verse that we read earlier, for example, I mean, it talks about how you get this image of a tree kind of growing, being deeply rooted, and, and, and you think about this, like, majestic, beautiful, tall, strong force. And you're thinking, yes, this is awesome. This is what Jesus is going to be like. And then you scroll down a little bit and you read that there was no beauty in him, that we should desire him, that we should even look at him. He was going to be despised and rejected. He was going to be a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. People would despise him. People would not esteem him. And this is quite a way to be seen, ugly, hated. I mean, his religious contemporaries at the time saw him as Satan incarnate. <laughs> One of his buddies that he had been traveling around with for three years uh, sort of stopped believing in the hype and walked away from him, turned him in to the authorities so that he could be crucified. You know, Jesus... When he came into the world, he came with the same pain, the same morning sickness, the same earthy process of labor that we do. And he was ugly. He wouldn't have been 
popular on social media. His ideas challenged the authorities. Had Jesus wanted to be something else, if Jesus was seeking the approval of others, it would have been devastating. If he didn't come as he was. Probably the closest thing that we experience in life to being seen is probably with our spouse. Like, your spouse sees you without your makeup on, literally and figuratively. They see the highest and lowest moments. They see things about you that sometimes you don't even see in yourself. And this is what we're being invited into, I think, in the Christmas season. To be who we are so that we can actually be loved by others in the community of faith, but by Christ incarnate. I was sharing a, just yesterday with some people that were over at my house. We were talking, and, and uh, one of the things that kind of struck me as we were talking, I was thinking, I think about the sermon until I preach it, and, and, uh, and I was sharing stories about how, you know, when you get married, you're actually kind of crazy. You have no idea who you're marrying until you marry them. And, and then you see things that you never saw. And I married my wife, and, and she comes home from from work one day and she walks to the house and she sees me standing in the living room with a belt tied around my head, like just tight around my head. And she just stops and she looks at me and she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, what do you, what? What do you mean, what am I doing? And uh, no one had ever observed my weird creature habits, um, but uh, tying a belt around my head was like relaxing. It relieved stress for some reason. And so that's what I did when I lived alone. I'd come home from work, tie the belt around my head, Sorry, it sounds weird, right? Um, and my wife was like, who did I marry? Um, what is this guy into? Uh, he's tying a belt around his head, right? But that's what being real is. It's, it's about people seeing things and knowing things about you. And then you experience love. Because you're loved, not as how not how you want to be seen, but how you are. And sometimes there is rejection, just like Christ was rejected. But when we become seen, when we're invited into the presence of Christ, when we stop trying to just hit the list to look like we're good Christians and look like we're good spouses and look like we're good children and, and all those things. I mean, we should tr- strive to be good citizens. We should do all of that. But we also shouldn't fake it. We should be real. It's like going to an AA meeting. <laughs> That's what Christianity is kind of like. We have to be honest about the problems that we have. And then... We get grounded in the never-ending spring of love. And so Christmas is an invitation to that, so that we'll never be thirsty again. The gift of Christmas is that we don't have to pretend anymore. That we can be known and fully loved and fully accepted. And in the community of faith, we can experience perhaps, for some of us, for the first time, something that we can't experience anywhere else.
being seen and being given a gift of life and love through Jesus, God who became man. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.